Welcome back to Life on the Vine. Uh, I am Jackson, and I'm here in the Hannah C. Howard recording studio with my man, Hutch. Hello, Jackson. It's good to hey, be Hutch. back. Yeah, it is good to be back. Um, and, you know, I think the word of the day last week was trepidatious, and I think it might be <laughs> the word of the day yeah, today. It's a good. It's a good word. It's a good word. Yes, it is. Yeah, it's uh, all the uh, uh, sounds in there. Trepidatious. Trepidi- yeah, yes. <laughs> Trepidatious. Your emphasis, think- emphasis is on the wrong syllable. <laughs> That's true. Oh man, yeah, we are. We're back, and we are. Uh, beginning part two of our conversation around how is it that we as Christians are called to be involved in our world and particularly the world of politics and policies and sort of uh, community engagement. Yeah. So last time we talked about that kind of the overarching call for us as Christians is to be an alternate community, right? One who is in the community, in the world, but not of the world. So we're not retreating. We're not looking the exact same as the world, but we have an alternate community that is salt or light to the world, right? Right. Living at that crossroads, living in the tension, living in that uh, space where we need the spirit right yeah we we need to rely upon uh the presence of jesus christ and we need to be attentive to how it is that he's using us in that space and uh we talked about it's not always the most comfortable space Mm -hmm. but ultimately we're not called to comfort we're called to be with jesus where he is where he wants to be and uh, doing what he wants us us to be doing yeah and that's good uh, it's a good place for us because right now I'm uncomfortable because we're going to be really diving more into kind of policies, some more of the, we're not going to be specifically going into policies, yeah. I don't think, but we'll see. Yeah, yeah. Who knows where we'll go. Um, but we are going to talk about a little bit more about how God should form our ideas of policy, yeah. I guess, and what role we play in enacting policy yeah um because we said at the end of last episode that you know our our hope is not in policies our hope is not in politicians our hope is in jesus we do believe that the kingdom of god is this uh unique um reality in which jesus is lord that sort of is exists alongside and over and underneath and in the midst of these kind of physical worlds in which we live and yet we also just can't sit back rest on our laurels and say jesus is coming back someday so i don't have to worry about the world i don't have to worry about you know oh there's injustice over here but it doesn't matter because christ is going to return someday right you know we're actually called to to be involved and to engage and and i think it you know it, it ties back to the incarnation to, for me is that jesus stepped into our world he moved into the neighborhood, he, be, he took on flesh and, and, and blood, came to dwell among us, and, and the church, as his body, continues that incarnational work. And so that there's a call to be, um, to be the embodied presence of Jesus. And when we are in a democracy where we have the ability to vote and to influence 
um, people's lives in some capacity that I think, I think that in some ways as an extension, we could see it of that call to be the hands and the feet of Christ. Yeah. But the question is, what does that actually look like? And how does that actually, uh, dictate or or um, influence the way in which we engage and particularly in a world of sort of a two-party maybe three or four party depending on uh your view of things but uh the system that we have yeah. in place here in america yeah well and that's difficult uh to do i think it's easier said than done right um yeah. you know I, Sorry, I'm no. Just go for off. it. I'm just cutting off left and right. This yeah, episode. do it. <laughs> pew, pew. You know, we've talked about story last few weeks, and and one of the things that's that's I love about story, and I love about something like Tolkien, or is that there's a really obvious good and evil, and Sauron is really bad, right? And anything that Sauron seeks to do is bad. And the reality is that even though on a cosmic level there is really, really, really bad and really, really, really good, and that is clear from like a spiritual sense, once we kind of get into the world, the realm of sinful people trying to take sinful, broken systems and do some amount of good. It gets really complicated. Yeah, really. It is fast. not that clear cut, right? It, it's right. not that sort of uh, good and evil, and 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 everything on this side is is on the side of you know what is contrary to God's purposes, and everything that's on this side is 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 on the side of Jesus. It, it's more um, it's more higgledy piggledy than that. Yeah, especially when you've got money that's involved, and you've right. got kind of this overarching two-party system again this is more of a critique of our <laughs> of yeah. our society but um, whatever happened to the bull moose party Teddy i don't know Roosevelt. the wigs yeah <laughs> can we bring those back yeah. i don't even know what they stood for <laughs> we just need another party we just need another party yeah. um but it makes it really difficult too to stand behind particular policies or even particular politicians because where they might have their own particular views as individuals they still fall under a party which right, is right. the things that are um, the parties propping them up is 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 giving them financial help is giving them other political backing um, there's things that you can and can't do because you're going to be crossing your party and so that makes uh, especially people who may feel politically homeless mm. it really hard to get behind a candidate right yeah, because yeah. Because the candidates, there are certain, we know which parties, there are certain issues that are just, they're, they're no-goes. Right, we're, right. We're, not, we're not budging on this issue, and we're not right. going to budge on this issue. And so as long as we have the system that we have, there's not really going to be room for this kind of bipartisan, cross-partisan, a-partisan yeah. view that I think the a lot of Christians have. And so it's kind of like, okay, take one of these issues and which one can I personally, you know, it comes back to personally, can I not personally budge on? Right. And that's where right. I'm going to camp, right. you know? Yeah. And and I feel like that's not a choice and that, that it, it kind of 
stinks, right? Yeah. But yeah. that's what we have to work with. So right. we are going to talk a little bit about, you know, our hope is that Jesus would just transform everyone and that we would be so effective as the church yes. that we could live alternatively and then all of a sudden the way that we live is the church that uh, is modeled by Christ that we live uh, the way that way that we live all, all of a sudden doesn't become the alternative way of living but we have converted so many people that that is is the culture and Jesus has changed everyone's mind and we're all in unity like that's the hope right that's Jesus coming back but we've been called into the game we've been called into that uncomfortable position mm-hmm. and we can't just wait for individuals to be changed by the holy spirit we have a call beyond that too right yeah yeah and and we always want to keep the end in mind, right? Right. Like we're the, the kingdom of God, the restoration of all things, the reconciliation of the world. Um, Christ came into the world to save sinners, of which I am the, the foremost, says Paul. It's like, we always want to keep that in mind. And, and yet, um, even, you know, God even cares about unconverted people, right? God, mm-hmm. God cares about, uh, the poor. God cares about the widow and the orphan. God cares about the world that he has made, and God cares about the people in the world that he has made. And so, um, while we are going about the business of uh, proclaiming the kingdom and inviting people to repent and inviting people to taste and see that, that the Lord is good, then um, there's still a lot of other places in mm-hmm. this world where God calls us. And so one of the questions I, you know, and this is, I'm going to lob this out to you and, and okay. you can lob it back if you want, but would you say, do you think as Christians, are we trying to establish a world and a society that looks, we're not supposed to look like the world. Are we trying to get the world to look like the church and do we ever try to do that? Should we ever try to do that through policy? So long game, right? We want people's hearts to be transformed long game. We're looking for Jesus to ultimately come back, but you know, you can sort of put an external uh, reinforcer on things with policy. So, what do you what do you think about that? What do you think about sort sort of the idea of voting, voting and 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 seeking policy that lines up with with Christian values? Yeah, um, that's a I think that's a great question, and I think that it's one that um, can be a little bit controversial, and a lot of people may not even agree with. I don't even know if you and I necessarily yeah. agree yeah. on this, um, but. Part of the answer of your question is yes, in the sense that it it is the goal for us to um, win people over to um, to Jesus and giving lordship mm. over to Jesus, right? I think that is that is the goal. Yeah. Um, but we talked about uh, last episode too that 
one of the things that the kingdom of heaven is, is that it, it, it begins in the human heart and that it is personal, right? right? So that goal doesn't have to be enacted through policy necessarily, right? Mm, yeah. And I think that when we lump those two things together, that's where we can kind of mm. get into, into a little bit of... Uh, unfamiliar territory or, or kind of some sketchy territory yeah. there. Um, so yes, we do want to, um, to win people over. Uh, we, we are ambassadors and we are trying to bring people into our kingdom, right? We're trying mm-hmm. to, we're, we're, we're sheep snatchers yeah. in a lot of ways. <laughs> we're trying to say, Hey, <laughs> you want to, uh, you know, renounce your citizenship of the world and come on over to the kingdom of God. Yeah. yeah. We're all about that. Right. Yeah, right. But it, um, at the same time, I don't know anyone who has personally ever converted to Christianity because of a law that was passed. Right. <laughs> right. So yeah. it's like, yeah, that doesn't hmm. necessarily always add up. But, but, I'll also say that when we talk about policy too, and I I I, I find this in conversations with my friends, uh, we a lot of people look at policy about themselves a lot, mm. right? Mm-hmm. Um, and so it's kind of what is going to benefit me through all these things right Right, and that is not necessarily a um a way of thinking that we're encouraged to do in the kingdom of god right Right, we're we're looking out for love your love the lord your god and love your neighbor right Right. so it's and self is like tagged on at the end of that love your neighbor as yourself okay so self-interest isn't really the primary um, goal necessarily, I think, when enacting, um, bringing about the kingdom of God. So that makes voting for policy interesting too in enacting Mm -hmm. policy because is it really about what I think is best or what Mm -hmm. is beneficial to me or am I doing that for other people but then that even gets kind of complicated too because am i voting for what other people want mm. or am i voting what is going to be beneficial right. for other people yeah. right yeah so and then that can just even vary by opinion right so right. i don't even know if i really answered your no, question that, or that, if i just very nicely maneuvered my way around it it was but, a, if, if anything it was a beautiful sidestep oh thanks yeah like a tango or a waltz or something i mean yeah. it was yeah no i think that's really i think that's really important and, and you know i think it brings up to me when we talk about even so i i, I think we would both agree that our belief in jesus and our understanding that jesus is lord should impact the way that we vote. Yes. It should impact the way that we engage in politics and political conversation Yes, and engage in society. Now, how precisely it does, we might disagree on, or we might even come to the conclusion and say it can be different. God can convict people in different ways and in of, yeah. of different things. 
Yeah. And I would, I mean, I'll say right out, like, I, I think you can be a faithful Christian and be a Democrat. I think you can be a faithful Christian and be a Republican. I think you can be a faithful Christian and be a Libertarian. I don't know about the Green Party. I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> I, I don't know anything about the Green Party, honestly. I, that, was, that was Nader's party, right? Back I don't in the know. Day? Don't, do. don't ask me. <laughs> you can definitely be a Christian and be a Bull Moose party and definitely be a Christian and be part of the Whigs. Not the Whigs. The yeah, the Whigs. <laughs> I need to go We're look up back. The, I need to go look up the Whigs before I like <laughs> I, get, yeah, put I, my support behind I that. Think, uh, yeah, I just that, remember them from might, history class. Yes. Uh, well, you know, back in the day, we had the Democratic Republicans and, you know, our all. Anyways, yeah. that, that's long kind of related. All that to say. I think you can be a faithful follower of Jesus and be a part of these various parties, I think, or vote sort of in general in keeping with various uh, parties. But I also think that if Jesus is Lord, there will be aspects of each party that sort of grieve you. (laughs) And there will be aspects of each party and their policies that you say, yeah, I know this is not necessarily what God desires, um, but I still feel and believe and am convicted that in general or sort of the the most flourishing, the most thriving, the most shalom, the most peace will come if these sorts of policies are put into place. Yeah, so um, I've I've heard it before that it's like politics is like a like a bus it's like a city bus it doesn't take you to your front door but you get on and you're safe from the rain and it just gets you close enough to where you need to get right yeah Yeah. i totally (laughs) butchered it but it's kind of like it's not the perfect solution and there's not gonna be any necessarily the perfect politician there's not gonna be the perfect policy there's not gonna be the perfect political party until they bring the wigs back yeah i need to stop saying that before i actually like (laughs) no no i think they could have been horrible people Uh, yeah i don't know i mean they were they were a whole bunch of sinners i can tell you that that's true that's true (laughs) just like all of us but at the same time um knowing that all these things are imperfect it i don't think and i'm not saying that you're saying this but i don't think that that should stop us from participating and it yeah and I think that we can bring about real um, results, for lack of a better word. I'm just trying to go off the cuff here a little bit and not think about what I'm saying. Uh, (laughs) But it can bring about real results that are good and pleasing to God as well because of the way that uh, the policy can can enact. Oh, my goodness. My words are not coming out. For example... (laughs) <laughs> Let me give you an example, and maybe that will do a better job of like what I'm trying to say. Yeah. There was a point in time in this country when we went to war because of certain issues, and one of them being the oppression of a certain race, right? There was a point in time in this country where there were laws that were put into place that were oppressing women, and we changed those laws. There was a certain point in this country where the same was true for a particular race and in Jim Crow laws, and we changed those laws, right? Right. 
So I think that that is good and pleasing to God because right. we are um, taking the side of the oppressed right. and we are speaking for them and we are enacting change on their behalf, right? I right. say we like I was there. I was yeah. not there in any of those instances, but those are times where actual policies that are voted on by politicians mm-hmm. that we have we as an American have put into positions of power to enact those those changes, right? So yeah. that's where real results that are good and pleasing and in accordance with biblical doctrine have been enacted and have been done to better our society and is good um, and pleasing to God through the avenue of politics, right? Yeah. Yeah. Or at least I think so. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Well, and the whole point that I gave you with that was that politics matters, right? Yeah. So, yeah, politics matters. Yeah, so I'd agree that politics does does matter. And it so again, we sort of circled around this idea that what we believe should impact. And I think for everyone, everyone who's involved in politics is impacted by their belief. And I, I, I do think that sometimes we can sort of think or there can be conversations like if you're a Christian, you shouldn't. You know, we don't we don't want to necessarily force everyone into the particular structures of, of, of our belief. And we don't want to kind of force our belief upon people or, or force our ideals or our morality upon people. Um, but at the same time, I would say that everyone brings what they believe about good and evil and right and wrong to politics. Mm-hmm. Um, whether it's an atheist, whether it's a Christian, whether it's someone who's, um, you know, believes in follows Islam or Hindu, whatever it is, people bring their beliefs to the system. And particularly if, if we really do believe that God created us, that God knows what's best for us. If God, if we believe that sort of the way that God designed things is actually sort of intrinsically good and is going to lead to more flourishing and more thriving, Mm -hmm. then I I think that's going to impact um, what we believe is best for people when they come into community with one another, right? Which is sort of generally what politics is it's people living in community with one another and how do you do that and how do you you know make sure that you're being equitable to each other and such so earlier talking about selfishness oh yeah and always a good one that was a good one uh christians are not called to be selfish you know no and so but i think that that's one of those areas where we can be inconsistent as christians Mm. so to go there, I think a lot of Christians, and historically, Christians have been, um, you know, very opposed to abortion. They've been very opposed to um, ending of life, the belief that um, life begins with conception, a particular sort of abhorrence for partial birth abortions or late-term abortions. And uh, there's a lot that could be said about that. But but one of the sort of critiques often of Christians and in some of the arguments about that is, okay, you say you care about life, but what about what about everything after birth, right? Right? What about the rest of life? What about 
policies and even economic policies that might take more money from you and give it to someone else who has less than you. Are you willing to vote for that policy, right? Mm-hmm. Are you willing to vote for, vote for money being taken out of your pocket so it can be given to someone else who maybe is, you know, a single mom who you said, yeah, you need to keep your child. And now you're a single mom trying to work a job and raise a kid and, you know, at school's online. So now you can't go to work. Um, are you willing to not be selfish so that they can um, actually live and thrive and, and, you know, whatever else? And, you know, most... Again, the stereotype is that Christians, yeah, we're opposed to abortion. We also are very conservative when it comes to economic policy. We want to keep mm-hmm. our money, and we don't want it redistributed. And and whatever, you know, I think we can you can argue about what's the best way to get resources to people that need resources. But at the same time, like, there's a basic reality that we, if we're going to care about life, we have to care about all, all of, of life. It. And if we're going to, you know, say that, Christ compels us to care for the unborn, then Christ also compels us to give to the point where it hurts, right? To yeah. give everything to those who are in need. Right. And I think that often in politics, we have an inconsistent, and I'll speak personally, we have an inconsistent ethic that we choose out particular topics that are more obvious or more um, maybe close to our hearts, that resonate with us more, that we find more offensive or more troublesome, maybe that don't hit us as, as hard in certain ways. And we focus in on those and we, this, this thing over here, um, we don't necessarily bring that same, uh, theological weight to bear. Yeah. And, and I think that then opens the church up for, for them pretty serious and pretty, um, justify critique yeah and it hurts our witness yeah so Uh, which is also i mean but it's hard to be consistent and there's lots of reasons why again why you could say you know in this particular instance i generally think this but i think the best way to move forward is with this policy not this policy so i mean you know it's complicated it's more complicated than that right um but i do think that uh yeah we're just we're just not always consistent yeah, and I think what you said about how it it hurts our witness, I think that if Christians as if we as the church understood that a little bit more, right. then we would be we would be in a position to that carries a lot more weight when we yeah. spoke, right? I I always think when I anytime that we talk about politics and we talk about policy and in the church in particular i always think of jesus um and the adulterous woman Hmm. and Hmm. i always think that as the church a lot of times we can be ready to stone whoever or whatever and and then when Jesus points out our inconsistencies, that's when we can start to calm down, back away, and have a productive conversation, <laughs> yeah. right? And, right? Right. And 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 I'm not, I'm not trying to put all of the weight necessarily on the church either, because we don't see this only coming from the church. We also see this coming from 
the world as well. But if we are to be an alternate community, if we are to be salt and light, then a little more weight needs to be put on us, I right, think, right. Um, yeah. to to lead the way in some of these dialogues. Right. And and I, I also think you painted a beautiful picture last episode about like our um, Sundays where we get everyone mm-hmm. together. So we have multiple worship services. We have yeah. multiple, multiple uh, cultures that worship in our church. And we all have different preferences, right? Yeah. So we have contemporary... Uh, we've got, you know, the traditional service, we've got uh, the fellowship service, um, and, and we all we all congregate, you know, in those services because of our preferences, right? right we want right. to be connected more culturally. We want to have this sense of church that I grew up with that my grandma took me to. I mean, I don't know why people go to the traditional service because contemporary is the best, but <laughs> I'm just kidding. Uh, I mean, am I? <laughs> you can figure it You'll out if I'm know. kidding or not. Um, you know, I like the style of music that's in the, in the casualness of the contemporary service, okay? So we all have our preferences there. But when we see the picture of the church, mm. when we see how it's supposed to be, the thing that gives us that mu- that picture is our celebration Sunday. Celebration Sundays? Festival Sundays. Festival Sundays, yeah. yes. I don't even know the word for it. It's our festival Sundays when we all come together, we blend the music. It's everyone. It doesn't matter. People are dressed very differently because you have casual and then you have right. your Sunday best and you've got all sorts of these different attires. And the one thing that we've all had in common to get to that service is that we've put aside our preference mm. and we've thought about the the greater good of it, mm. right? And I think a lot of times voting as a Christian, I mean, we're still worshiping, we're still yeah. doing things that we're supposed to do, so we're not compromising anything that is necessary, right? Yeah but we're putting aside a little bit of our preference in order to serve and and give life to our church body. Yeah. And I feel like when and I'm just coming at us, right? You know. Yeah. I feel like when we vote as Christians, we we don't put aside our preference or what personally mm. rubs us the wrong way. We mm. can't for some reason we're not we don't have the ability to which we do have the ability to in christ but we can't put ourself aside for just a second and embrace our brother or our sister and and maybe do something that we don't necessarily think is right or want to do or maybe you know uh, we were having a conversation offline a lot of these things are kind of ingrained in us through generations of yeah. generations yeah. whether it be um and we're not getting into specifics but to to look at your brother and sister and i guess do what's best for them yeah. instead of what's best for you and i think yeah. that that would promote consistency within mm-hmm. the church and yeah. its voting record as well it was yeah. just never mind i'm not gonna say that anyway <laughs> yeah yeah, for sure. And 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 again, I think that takes me back to that doesn't necessarily mean that the church will uniformly vote the same way. Right. Right. 
And in some ways, I think because I believe that our system is imperfect and it's filled with imperfect people, um, you know, I, I think democracy or you know, democratic republic is great. And I think America has a lot going for it in the particular context in which we live, America. But it's imperfect, right? It's 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 um, it's got its rough edges. It has its tendency to be abused, mm-hmm. and so in some ways, I I I I think that the policy and even how we vote, in some ways, is less important than why we're doing it. And when I and and are we i'm slowly nodding yeah and kind of like a dawning comprehension of what you're saying yeah so you know are we do we come to vote with the mindset of what's going to be best for me what's gonna get me mine what's gonna provide me security for the future what's going to make my life the easiest and my life the most comfortable or do we come to the voting booth with a sense of what is what is going to be good for society? What is going to be good for my neighbor? What is going to be beneficial for the next generation? You know, what, whatever it is. Yeah. Um, and and again, I think there's we, we don't we won't always agree on this. I mean, even something as you know as like smart cars or you know fuel and fossil fuels versus green energy and stuff like that. I mean, you know there's there's consensus opinions and there's but there's also still stuff that we're continuing to learn about the impact of the various ways in which things are manufactured and yeah you know and even sort of i I don't know coffee i mean yeah like there's a lot of different things that uh and you can spend your whole life digging into policies but i think like the question that we should come with is you know, how is God calling me to love my neighbor? How is God calling me to be obedient to his lordship and not what's going to make my life easier, right? That should never be the question, the first question that a Christian asks. Yeah. What's going to make my life better and easier? Um, and so in that sense, I think that why we vote and how we vote is more important because I don't think that policies are going to fix things or solve things or be the salvation of humanity. But I do think it matters for our, our witness and for our integrity um, how we how we engage in that. No, I think... I don't, respond, push back. What do, you, what do you... I think that I really agree with that. Um, and I also think that it steers us really well into our next thing that we were wanting to talk about. And that's where... Is, is personal politics and right. where policy falls short. Right. 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 And so, uh, do you want to talk about this now? Um, we could just lump it into one episode. I don't know how long we've been talking <laughs> <laughs> or jump uh, into it next week. So Dan has other responsibilities. <laughs> I'm fairly irresponsible. So, um, I'm less limited than he is. So, what we're going to talk about next time is kind of personal. So everything that we've talked about is personal, right? (laughs) But what we mean by personal politics is kind of how do you actually live out your politics and kind of that consistency 
aspect of what yeah. you were talking about, Dan, yeah. is that we can we can get behind policy, right? Right. We we know that that's not going to be the ultimate solution. We know right. that politics is not going to be the ultimate solution, or this law that's passed is not right. going to solve every problem, right? Right. But there's one thing to to be said about like I'm going to back up this policy, and I think that this policy is great. But then when the rubber meets the road, are you willing to back up that particular policy? So yeah. anyway, we're going to talk about that a little bit of kind of like where our politics actually meets our individual personal relationships and how we interact with yeah. other people and if it should or if it shouldn't or if it should just remain its big idea. Um, but we're going to talk about that next time. Next time. I'm more excited about that one than I was this <laughs> one. <laughs> Me too. Me too. Well, thanks again for listening. Thanks for letting yeah. us struggle through that with you. Um, uh, my hope is and my prayer is that that you take a long look at why you vote what you vote and take a long look at at have you invited God into the political conversation of your own heart, right? Or is that yeah. just an area of yourself that you are feeding that is totally self-serving? Yeah. Maybe not yeah. even self-serving in the policy that you support, but self-serving in the sense of righteousness that you gain from being on one side of the political spectrum. Anyway, from us here at Life on the Vine, I'm Munch. And I'm Jackson, and we're so glad that you listened. Have a good week, and register to vote if it's not too late. Yeah, or don't. Yeah, you're free free to do that. Uh, Hit us up. Take us out to coffee. After this, we're going to be putting together our future episodes. Leave us a comment. Let us know what you'd like to hear. And if you ever find yourself encouraged, challenged, offended, curious, let us know. We'd love to talk further. I'll just reference you to Dan. (laughs) I'm just kidding. I'd like to talk to you, too. We're always game for coffee. That's true. Or rambling conversation. Okay, peace out. Girl Scout.